Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. Process versus Product. In this episode, Tim and Allison recall the poor quality of the solutions presented to the first business CEOs in the semester and why the deliverables were not as important as the process. They also discuss how the use of an electronic portfolio captures student growth and fosters the critical skills of reflection and self-assessment. Coming uh, off the heels of the end of the first semester together, I was wondering if you could tell me about uh, some of the fears you had um, maybe early on in terms of um, you know the kids performance or what they were researching or mm. anything like that yeah sure this semester really started out with really the first business on day three and the CEO presented the challenge to the students they had three weeks to solve it and they really knew nothing at all at that point I mean these kids don't have backgrounds in business or entrepreneurial studies and they're thrown in they're wide-eyed and they're looking to us for as many resources as they can get like please give us the answer please tell us how to get there we don't know anything and I remember through, through the trainings with you and Doris that it's uh, really important that as teachers we're not there to give them answers we're not there to solve these problems for them we're not there to to even ask leading questions that are imposed with our own personal thoughts of what the solution should be, right? So as we were moving through these first three weeks, I'm watching the process and I'm thinking, oh gosh, these kids are never going to get there. They, they're they just way behind on these solutions. And you were pretty stressed out a few times, I remember. Absolutely. I mean, and, and also on a, on a personal note, I, I knew this company from, from the community uh, and, and wanted the students to do a good job for them. I really felt like this was a cool opportunity for them to work with a local startup and and the CEO was really engaged and excited to have the students there, but I thought, oh my gosh, where are they going to get to? And so presentation day came uh, three weeks later with the CEO, and the students got up there, and they were very proud of what they were presenting, and, and rightly so. I, I mean, really coming in with nothing, the fact that they, they did get somewhere by th- the end of three weeks was impressive, but to be honest, I really was underwhelmed by their solutions. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is an embarrassment. These kids did subpar work. They really didn't come up with anything innovative that I'm sure this company wouldn't have already dreamed up you know, themselves. And although the company did walk away and say, you know, hey, this is great. They did way more research than, than we've done in the past. And we were walking away with some good things, some, some cool ideas. I, I knew at the heart of it, really, the students hadn't done anything earth shattering. And I thought, wow. That's disappointing. Is this what this is going to feel like? But I remember you and Doris both said, trust us. This is how the first one always goes. This is, this is the learning that has to happen, really, in the first one, that they need to go through this failure. They need to experience what it means to put a slide up that only shows they did surveys with 10 people and based their entire solution around those conversations with a, a, you know, a very small portion of society. And that it's through that 
failure, that initial uh, experience that they realize, oh, we might need to step it up next time around. And, and sure enough, going into business too, we, we did, I remember we called it the statistics smackdown at that point, and we uh, you know, prompted them with a, a bunch of different articles about data-driven decision-making and all sorts of things that helped them really understand some of the big gaps they had in the first, uh, the first problem-solving that they had done. So for me, I was in a place thinking, gosh, this, this final solution and product that they're presenting actually might not be that great, but knowing that they're going through the process and that time and time again throughout the semester, they go through a process. They're almost mini uh, units, right? We have every three weeks or however you design it that the students are going through different challenges that they have to solve. And knowing that they have multiple opportunities to move through this process and not really be concerned with the end product. Really, the, the product doesn't matter. And we, as teachers, can't be focused on that. We can't be most concerned that they come out with you know, the, the biggest and brightest, best new innovation for a CEO to run with. The, the truth is, the whole reason we set this up, again, isn't because we care about students learning business or uh, being the most entrepreneurial. Great, if they go and start a business afterwards. But what we're most interested in is that they're learning these skills that are inherently embedded in the entrepreneurial process. I don't know if that's true with your experience yeah. or what you... No, it, it, Doris is very clear whenever she meets with this, all the CEOs, but especially the ones that, that uh, come on board early on in, in the first mm -hmm. business, and she'll say, hey, uh, what you're going to get is probably not going to be great, uh, just so you know. And, and even though she says that, and, and, and for the most part it's been true, it's been the, probably the least compelling solutions they'll come up with are the first ones because it is the first one, it's still value to the, to the CEO. And we still hear back and they say, no, it was, it was fine, it was good. Like we got valuable stuff out of it. So yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> it's not gonna be anywhere near as good as it's gonna be later on, but it's, mm -hmm. it's still valuable. And it's also interesting that uh, when we have teachers come and watch the presentations, and if they only come for the first one, uh, they think they're very impressive, which they are. Mm -hmm. But it's when they return for business two or business three or the final project that those people from the outside see the tremendous growth that takes place and that they realize that those, those solutions they came up with for business one and two and three are really part of the process. They aren't the, they aren't the product. And even the last project is not the product. It's, it's, still a, it's still a process. And I think that's also a really important distinction to make because there are um, programs we're aware of that are really, um, they're entrepreneurial studies programs and they're based more on sort of the startup weekend model, mm -hmm. and, which is very valuable. So they uh, they identify a particular problem and they form teams and they, and they try and solve it. And what we think is different about our program is that we have students working on real business problems that are real and urgent for those people and they develop all of these skills all along the way. And so by the time they get to the final project, which is 
creating their own solutions for problems that matter to them. They've had this, they've had all of this experience. And from the teacher perspective, we've seen the evidence of growth. Yes, and, and that's exactly where, as you were talking, my brain was thinking about the growth is what's really most important for us in this whole process, right? We're, we're most interested in them developing these skills so that they can grow into the kinds of citizens, leaders, global change makers we hope to see. I, I was hoping you could share a little bit about the capstone, actually, that we had the students do, because uh, I, I think it's a really nice package in the end for uh, something to show their growth. Yeah, uh, the capstone is uh, is pretty. It's pretty standard. It's a portfolio based uh, final project, um, which you know different schools and different programs have capstone experiences, and it's usually the last thing. Uh, and so that's it's not a novel term by any means, but the the process for it is very reflective. And so what we ask students to do is to put together an electronic portfolio that will eventually become a Google site that they can share with anyone in the world. Uh, but we ask them to put together this, this portfolio that demonstrates their growth. Uh, so in their own words, using their own evidence, they, they show um, how they've changed. And we have, uh, we have a variety of different way, questions that we ask them or, or requirements that we have. So they have to talk about how they grew personally, how their worldview has changed, how um, you know, their, how their approach to team-based collaborations has changed. We have these kind of specifics, but what they have to do is go through uh, the work that they've generated over the course of the semester, and they have to select items. And so they, they will then uh, select items and then reflect on them. And they could be everything from personal blog posts that they wrote during the semester. They could be videos of presentations they've done, slide decks that they've helped to create. And, and they have to tell their own growth story through this capstone. And it, it really came from my days as a, as a humanities teacher and, and a portfolio-based assessment has is, is been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think what's different about this is, is it's occurring at the, at the end of the class for a lot of kids, they're seniors or, or juniors. Uh, and they then turn and use these capstones in ways we hadn't anticipated. Um, mm. We've had students use these in the college admissions process. We've had seniors use these at college when they're looking at different clubs or activities, and they want to showcase what they can do. Uh, and it's it's pretty compelling because it's all it, they've generated it all themselves, and it even contains video of themselves reflecting on how they grew as a learner. And uh, that's a pretty powerful medium. And I think to sort of package that together, it is both the process and the product in this case. The capstone is true. And that was what I was thinking through there, that in, in this final element, they're pulling together all this proof of growth. But that, uh, is, it, is it fair to say that they really value the process uh, as they're reflecting back on it as m more important than what they produced, so to speak? I think that's, a f I think that's fair to say. I, they're certainly proud of different moments. And I think when you... When you start looking at capstones and you're looking at a lot of them, you, you start to detect these patterns and kids will, they'll say, oh, I love this presentation because that was the, that was the moment where I answered the really hard question in front of the CEO. So 
in that case, it's like it's kind of hard to define whether that, you know, which side, where that goes. But mm -hmm. I, I've seen a lot of evidence of kids um, identifying points along the way within those capstones that that really do demonstrate growth and that they're they're truly proud of and they're excited about and I think they recognize it and we even have this activity we do at the end of class uh, where we go back and watch some of the first videos and right. you, you were part of that for the for the first time and it's funny and, and it's funny because when the kids watch themselves present from the beginning of the of the course the presentations are so terrible <laughs> and, you know, the, the kids are mumbling and they're and they're leaning against the wall and some of them aren't speaking and they're laughing and they're laughing and then it, you have this moment at least I did as a teacher you had this moment where like well but that was just August right you know like we weren't watching kindergarten videos like we were just watching you guys a few months ago right. and I think that's you know that's where you see that evidence of that of the process and what that means and how kids can see the value in it. Absolutely. And it, we talk a lot about you know, doing school better. And, and I know that for most classrooms, the, the only way to really judge where the student is at or assess them in, in their stages of growth is to give them a test or have them uh, you know, give back their mastery of content uh, and and that in a lot of ways it's about that specific moment in time that specific uh, product if you will that they're most concerned about producing and it I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how the importance that we put on process lends itself into the the wider scope of doing school better I think the difference uh, and, and this is something that is pretty pretty common in most schools is, is the first thing that gets ditched is, is any reflective process. <laughs> when you get into school and you have a snow day or you get behind in your content, uh, you don't cut the assessment, you cut the reflection for some reason. Uh, and I, I think that's a shame. Um, as you mentioned, you know, let's say you take a multiple choice exam and that is your product and you get a grade on it and the teacher hands you that grade and then the next day you start the next unit right. and you you totally miss that in most cases not in all cases but in most cases the student misses the opportunity to, to not only understand why they missed it but why they didn't get it in the first place mm -hmm. and that I think is is really a, I think that's a problem for modern education we're, we're very test driven results oriented and I think there's a less of a, a perceived value on that type of, of metacognition, which is a shame because I think that's where a lot of the process comes from, is this uh, to be able to think about your performance, to think about your thinking with the time and space to do it. Absolutely. And, and that really if the intent is to foster skills and, and really over time see this growth, that having... Uh, that, that growth mindset that I know we've mentioned in the past is important to see over the long term, right? So that it's not just one course either. And I appreciate how you and Doris have, have set that up and, and found that students who have taken this course then apply what they've learned here into other courses, mm -hmm. whether it's, it's the problem solving or the uh, assessment or the um, 
analysis and critical thinking, and that they're really moving to that next level because growth, growth does happen over time and it's a process and they recognize that now. They know that it's not just one time, we're gonna learn this, we're done, we move on, but that they can apply it over time to everything they do. Mm -hmm. It's very apparent too in the world of athletics, especially professional sports, uh, this idea of, of reflection, I mean, they don't call it that, but that's what Monday morning game film is hmm. for mm -hmm. football, NFL football teams. They don't just say, okay, the game's over, we lost or we won, and now let's, okay, that's it, let's, we're done, next. Mm -hmm. They spend Monday and they go back over and they watch the performance and they talk about it and they analyze it. And, and that, is, that is the reflective process. And I, I think it's proven to work. And um, it's a shame we don't do more of it in school, but hopefully these types of programs um, will, will help facilitate that. For more information and resources, go to DoSchoolBetter.com. Podcasts created by Tim Desmond, Doris Corda, and Allison Tanker. Produced by Tim Desmond.